Hola, mixtresses e mixtures. <laughs> Soy es mixtress Ray. <laughs> um, and that's all I got. <laughs> Soy es might not be the right way to say that either. Anyway, uh, this is Mixtress Ray. You're listening to Mixtress Radio. Um, or what's this bitch talking about? The podcast or patron only. Well, it's not patron only this week. Okay. So here's the thing. Let's just put it all out there. I decided in order to kind of promote a little bit of what you can expect if you're not a patron. So basically, I'm going to address my three groups of people. There are three different audiences, some overlapping of people that might be hearing this recording of my voice right now. If you were coming from What's This Bitch Talking About? The podcast. This is a very special episode. This is what you would get if you were a patron every week on my um, patron-only podcast feed and or at any level of giving. So you can give me a dollar a month and you will get access to this podcast episode every single week. This is just a taste of what it is like. Um, or if you are into this experience and you don't want to pay for it, you can tune in every Friday, 7 to 10 Central Standard Time to listen to my voice live on internet radio. And by live, I mean, it's still pre-recorded, but it's mixed in with, you do have to tune in at that time and, um, there's music interspersed in. So if you are one of those people, here are the two ways that you can access either Mixtress Radio for free every Friday, 7 to 10 Central Standard Time, or um, become a patron if you don't want to tune in at a specific time and you don't want to hear my music selections. <laughs> um, so to become a patron, it is patreon.com slash Mixtress Ray. Ray? Ray. Yes. <laughs> I forgot my own link. Patreon.com slash Mixtress Ray, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. And even if you just give me a dollar a month, you'll have access to all of those podcast episodes. If you're into that, because there are times on this podcast when, like, I wasn't going to have another podcast episode available for, like, two weeks. But I've decided to go ahead and give you a podcast episode this week in the form of what is normally available to my patrons and listeners of Mixtress Radio. If you would like to tune in for free anytime that you're available on a Friday night between 7 and 10 Central Standard Time, the link for that um, is myradiostream.com slash mixtressradio. So those links are obviously in the podcast description below. So um, this is just, I get really personal on the radio show, which I've told you guys before, Um I'm not going to probably be quite as personal as I would normally be since this is going to reach a lot more listeners, but this is more or less, I mean, it's still going to be personal, but I mean, like if I want to get real deep, sometimes I do that on my radio show. Like sometimes I get really detailed about the details of my life, detail with the details, um, so I'm probably going to be a little bit more filtered tonight than I would normally be, but y'all know me. I'm not very filtered ever. I don't really know how to do that for the most part. But I just wanted to give you guys 
um, my podcast listeners, I wanted to give you guys a little taste of what you could experience if you became one of my patrons or listen to my Mixtures radio broadcasts every week. I try to make a playlist every week. Um, I mean, I do make a playlist every week, but like I try to be thoughtful about it. Um, sometimes it's just kind of like, here's some music I feel like listening to right now. But tonight I kind of have a little bit more of a structure. So we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, first of all, and it's already started. Like it's, I already, before the intro. So if you're listening from Mixtures Radio, you know that you just heard The Cure. Um, we are celebrating the Zodiac tonight. So I've picked, um, artists and kind of somehow connected them to different signs in the Zodiac. And we're going through the whole Zodiac from, um, from Aries through Pisces, which is the order that they come in the wheel of the year, starting with Aries being the first sign in spring starts with the first day of spring, March 20th or 22nd or whatever the fuck. Um, and some of these are stretches. We'll get there. <laughs> However, um, I did want to do this just as a way to, it's basically going to be a triangle party all night. And, um, which if this is the first time, if you're listening from the, what's this bitch talking about podcast, you won't know what a triangle party is necessarily if you've never listened to my radio show, but it's just basically where I play three songs from an artist. And typically when I do a triangle party, I do only three artists, but tonight it's going to be 12 because we're doing all 12 signs of the Zodiac, which means if you're listening from the radio show tonight, you get to hear me talk in shorter bursts more often. Like usually I only have like three or four talking segments, but tonight I'm going to come on in between every artist to introduce the artist. So I actually might talk about music more tonight than I normally do. Like normally it's just, there happens to be music after I babble about some shit. But tonight, I might actually talk about the music a little bit. So, and it might even be a supersized night. I mean, I don't know. I will be able to tell you that information if you want to know that information by the time you're hearing this on Mixtures Radio. Um, and obviously, if you're listening from either the patron podcast feed or what's this bitch talking about podcast feed, you can look and see, oh yeah, this episode's going to be that long. You can see that. So I guess this is also a message, like I probably don't need to say this at this point, you probably get the picture, but if you're one of those rare people, like my mom, that listens to both the Patreon podcast feed and the What's This Bitch Talking About podcast feed, whichever one you're listening from right now, mom, you don't have to listen to the other one because it's the same damn thing this week. <laughs> um, anyway, so again, if you want to become my patron, a dollar a month is all I ask to be able to, and I mean, you can give me more if you want. I would love that too, but a dollar a month is um, the minimum. You can listen to these podcast episodes whenever you want. No matter how big of a Buffy drought we're in, you can listen to my Mixtures Radio broadcasts in podcast form, broadcast in podcast form, and um, I just go real deep into my life. You're about to experience it, so let's get into it. Um, yeah, sorry to like have to do that. Like, I guess if I was a better promoter, self-promoter person, I would do like an intro like that for the specific mediums, but 
yeah, since I've already done this, I've already explained this, uh, I guess I'm not doing that. <laughs> Whatever. Y'all know I'm a process queen. This is what I do. So let's go ahead since we're going to have lots of talking segments tonight. Um, and I just explained how the night's going to go for eight minutes. I might as well go ahead and let's get started with, you just heard three songs from The Cure because Robert Smith, the lead singer of The Cure, is an Aries. Um, so that was the justification there. Next we have, we're going to go into Taurus season, which starts end of April and goes through to like May 19th or whatever it is. It's usually like the 20th that the signs turn over for whatever reason. Um, but it can vary a little bit within a day or two. But anyway, in any case, Trent Reznor is the lead singer of Nine Inch Nails. And he's a Taurus. So we're going to play um, our next artist in the chunk. Um, I may play some of his like solo, his score work. I probably will pick at least one song from one of the scores that he has done. He is a very prolific um, artist. So there's a lot of things to choose from in... Um, in Trent Reznor, Taurus, Nine Inch Nails, Land. So I'm going to pick three songs... I don't even know which ones I'm going to pick. I don't play Nine Inch Nails that often, but when I do, I tend to play like the same five to ten songs. So I'm going to try to go outside that range today um, and play something that I don't normally play from the Trent Reznor oeuvre. So let's get into it. Um, and again, if you're listening from the What's This Bitch Talking About podcast, I always put the links to the Spotify playlist below or in the description notes um, of my podcast feed, and I will do that for you guys today too, just in case you want to hear any of the music that I'm referring to tonight. Hello, llamas and goats. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to Mixtress Radio and or the podcast, What's This Bitch Talking About? Welcome, wherever you're listening from. There are three different possible places you could be listening from this week. Um, either the radio show or the patron-only podcast feed, as per usual. Um, or this is a special bonus podcast episode for my regular What's This Bitch Talking About free podcast listeners. Um, so this is just a taste of, obviously, I don't have to recap you guys on that because you're listening via podcast, so let's not do that. <laughs> uh. Uh, this is what happens when you try to talk to multiple audiences at the same time, I guess. I don't know. Anyway, tonight we're celebrating the Zodiac on Mixtress Radio. And you have heard um, a tribute. It's basically just a Zodiac triangle party. Um, so far, it's been pretty straightforward. You heard The Cure for to represent Aries with Robert Smith because he is an Aries and he's the lead singer. And then lead singer of Nine Inch Nails, Trent Reznor, is a Taurus. So far, it's been pretty straightforward. Um, but you're gonna, we're gonna have to like stretch from now on. Um, I don't remember exactly how I decided that Frontline Assembly is a Gemini. Okay, I just, I just reminded myself. Um, it was a stretch. It was a stretch, basically, because my first thought was, okay, Bill Lieb, one of the main creators of Frontline Assembly, I wanted to play Front Frontline Assembly tonight because their album Implode is 20 years old today, I believe. It's either today or tomorrow. So I wanted that to be the featured album of the night, um, but I wasn't sure 
how I was going to do that because Bill Lieb himself, I, I, I just squeezed them in somewhere, basically. And how I did it was I added together um, 1986 numerically, reduced it to six, and related it to a tarot card, which is number six in the major arcana, is ruled by Gemini. <laughs> because, and I picked 1986 because that was the year that Frontline Assembly formed as a band. So, real big stretch on that one, but that's okay. I wanted to play it at some point. Um, and it's coming real early in the night. So that's what you're going to hear after I stop babbling. Um, but let's do like a, well, let's do something. What, what should we do? What should we do? Let's do uh, what's up with Mixtress? Sure. Why not? What is up with me? Um, not a whole lot. I'm proud of myself because right now, if I hadn't, I don't know if I talked about this last week or not, so sorry if I'm repeating myself, but I am proud of myself. I don't think I talked about it. Okay, here's the thing. My job is a great job. I love it. I am able to mostly support myself. I do have to have a few supplemental cleaning jobs. Um, and if I was living alone, if I was paying for a mortgage by myself without any help, I couldn't do it. But for the most part, I'm able to support myself on my part-time work at a public library. And one of the perks of working at a public library, at least the one in my town, is the job comes with, like, anytime we're closed, we get paid like, if we close for, like, a snow day, we get paid. If we're closed for, like, you know, a holiday or something, we get paid. If if you're... It's great. We have sick leave. We have personal leave. We have holiday pay. I, I, I now know, like, at first, since I've worked there a really long time, I didn't realize how big of a deal that is, like... Michael doesn't have that. My Michael doesn't have that at his new job. But anyway, all of that is just to say, I hardly ever take personal time for anything. Like, I was thinking back, like, when have I actually used personal time? Almost every time I've ever, I can think of three, three times that I've used it in the last, like, five years. And one of them was... I was going to be late to work because I had broken the faucet off of my tub while I was trying to like, it just broke. And then there were pieces everywhere and I was cleaning it up and I just called and I was like, hey, I got to clean up this mess that I just made. Water flew everywhere. And, you know, basically I took an hour of personal time just to come in late to deal with that issue. And then there was another time that was the same type of situation. I had like an ant infestation in our kitchen this is like about a year ago and I had to like take everything off the counters and just like go full ant genocide. I told you guys about that when that happened. <laughs> so you've already heard all about that. If you've been listening to this radio show for any length of time. Um, and I took, that was the same thing. Like I was going to be late to work. I was either going to have to leave the ants in the kitchen and go to work, which that was not a possibility for me. <laughs> Or take personal time. So I took an hour of personal time to be late that day. Um, and then there was this one other time 
that I kind of took personal time for selfish reasons. But that's what it's for, personal time. Like, I was at work. We had plenty of people there. It was a really slow day. And so I just was like, can I go home an hour early? <laughs> just because. And they said yes. But anyway, all of that is just the stupid-ass long setup of my justification for why I... I was supposed to work today. Um, it's a Thursday. Y'all know, know me. You know I have my cleaning jobs on Thursday. And then usually I'm off by like... I, I think I was done by like 2.45 today. Like usually I'm off between 2.30 and 3. Um, done with that cleaning job. And then I go park in the woods in on the edge of a cemetery. And I record this shit for you guys. And... I record all my intros for the radio show, and it's it's my thing. It's my ritual. And my boss knows to, like, not schedule me on Thursdays, except I did tell her, like, on in extreme circumstances, if you really, really need me, I can be in by four. I wish I hadn't said that. It doesn't happen often, though. She really doesn't. She really only schedules me, you know, like, once every, like four to six months, I will get scheduled on a Thursday night. And it's, I mean, basically it's just, I am selfish autistic lady and I don't want to give up my rituals. I get very upset when I have to give up my rituals. <laughs> so I was supposed to work this week, but I looked at the schedule and I was like, you know what? Like, they're going to be fine without me. The only thing that's going to suck is that somebody's going to have to close by themselves, which I do almost every day now, like, because we're short a person and I volunteer to just be like, you know what? If you need, you know, if you're looking for places where you can have less people, it's usually pretty calm at night. So whenever I'm working at night, usually it's just Mondays and Tuesdays. Normally I'll be alone from like six to eight. And, you know, it can get stressful every once in a while, but it's not that big of a deal. It's really not. But no one else likes doing it, and they make a huge deal out of it. So I made sure to say, like, the other night crew members, um, you know, I made sure to tell my boss, like, they probably won't agree. So I'm not speaking on behalf of all of us, but on behalf of me, I don't mind doing this. But anyway, that's just a long way to say. It's not a big deal. Being alone, she was only going to be alone the person that's closing tonight was only going to be alone for an hour, I think, an hour or two at the most. And like, I knew she was going to freak out about it, but uh, I'm just going to be honest, like 92% of the people that I work with at the library are awesome people. This person that I would have been closing with tonight is not one of those people. Um, in person, she's very nice, but I used to be friends with her on Facebook back in the day when I had Facebook. But years, years before I quit Facebook, I unfriended her because she posted all this like super awful, you know, super awful, terrible shit. So it was like all this darkness, all this like, overprivileged white girl darkness is hidden inside her mind and you would never know seeing her her in person she's she like remembers details about your life she's always like complimenting you on your outfits and she's asking you how you are and she seems to genuinely care and blah 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 but yeah so i've just always 
really distrusted her. That's not the reason why I decided to take personal time tonight. <laughs> this is this is what I do. I tell this is not even a story. I just took personal time tonight because I didn't want to go to work on a Thursday. But, but I mean, the justification is that, like, I knew she was going to be upset about it. She was going to really, she was going to complain. She's probably complaining about me to everyone because I abandoned her. But someone ended up, like, shifting their shift. Shifting their shift. So they're going to close with her instead. Like they were going to like work nine to six, but they changed their shift to 11 to eight so they could close with her. So she's not even closing alone. Everything's fine. (laughs) It's like they didn't even really need me. So I'm just proud of myself for doing it. I'm proud of myself for, I've never done that before. I've never just like been like, Hey, can I just take an entire shift off of with personal time? Because I don't really fucking feel like it. I mean, that's basically it. And that's basically what I said. I was like, you know, it's really hard for me to work on Thursdays. Um, And I think she will be fine. I will send her name. (laughs) I think we'll be fine. So can I do that? And my boss was like, sure. (laughs) She didn't care. Um, So it made me kind of feel bad because sort of the workplace culture in my department amongst you know, the, my brethren in my department is very like, I'm, I think that that action is frowned upon. I think that possibly, especially the two older women that work in the department are talking shit on me right now. And in the past, that would have been enough of a motivation for me to not take the time that I need, you know, and if it were a big deal, if we were really shorthanded that day and like, I was coming in to close by myself and I was really needed. There's no question. I wouldn't have asked for personal time. I would have just gone in. I would have just sucked it up. But I didn't have to. And I'm proud of myself because it's like, I'm, I feel like I'm just like, like I just got a snow day or something, you know, like I was going to have to do it. I was going to have to work for four hours and then not get, and not get to start hanging out with my mom till after eight tonight. You know, that was going to be sad. I hate it when I have to do that. It ruins my whole shit because then I can't start working on the radio show until Friday. And and then I just, I, you know, ruining my ritual is not is not fun. <laughs> so I'm just proud of myself that I, I did it. It's so stupid. I took personal time so I didn't have to work today. Yay me. Self-care. <laughs> but whatever. Um, let's get back into the music. So let's listen to, this is the featured album of the night. I'm playing you um, three songs from Frontline Assemblies Implode. Um, kind of a weird, like, oh, there's a, there's a groundhog running by me right now. Just doing his little, his little chubby hoppy hop. Oh my God. I haven't seen a groundhog up close in a while. I love the animal spottings. The animal spottings. Sightings? Not spottings. <laughs> Sightings. Yeah. Oh, okay, so let's listen to three songs from Implode right now. It is 20 years old today. Hello, kittens and cats. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to Mixtress Radio and or the podcast, What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is Astrology Triangle Night. <laughs> 
where um, if you're listening via Mixtress Radio, you get to hear these tunes live on the radio show. If not, the link to the playlist, if you want to hear any of the music that I'm talking about, is in the description notes of the podcast that you're listening to, whether that be on my patron feed or my regular podcast feed. It's in both places. It's coming at you. This particular radio show is is coming at... I'm trying to like learn how to promote myself better. I'm trying to think of different ideas for how to promote myself better because... I realized the other day, okay, I was doing a tarot reading and I realized that um, it was like a sort of like a journal prompt tarot reading activity in one of my tarot books. And it was about, you're supposed to kind of sit and meditate with, okay, ideally five years from now, if my wildest dreams had come true five years from now, what would I be doing? And first of all, it was an eye-opening experience because I messed up the entire premise of the thing. Like I was supposed to imagine ideally what my life would be like in five years. And I was having a really hard time doing it. Like I realized that my goals were very tiny. Like I wasn't even allowing myself to really think fantastically like what really are my wildest dreams I was just being very modest about everything you know I wasn't dreaming big at all first of all and then second of all I messed up part of the the way the way that you were supposed to like lay out the cards it's I mean you guys don't care about the details I'm sure but essentially I pulled all these cards based on my current situation when I was supposed to be pulling cards basing it on my ideal future that I couldn't even grasp. grasp. So in multiple ways, I couldn't grasp a fantastical and ideal future. So I basically just put the book down and I was like, I'm going to revisit this. I'm going to revisit this after I've really thought about it. Like what really are my wildest dreams? I need to meditate on this for longer than you know, sitting down with it for 20 minutes, you know, (laughs) since I obviously have some sort of mental block for even allowing myself to dream. And it led, it's led me to like, I mean, the things that I was thinking of as like my ideal future five years from now, (laughs) really dumb. Okay. I would have an internet bed, (laughs) which is just, it's just my dream to someday have a king-sized bed that doesn't like hurt my shoulders and hips to sleep in because I'm a side sleeper and there's just all these really well-rated internet beds like my my ideal future would be to someday be sponsored by one of those inter- internet bed companies so I'd have to have ads on my podcast which I wouldn't like but if it meant that I could have an internet bed <laughs> So anyway, my biggest dreams were like, have a claw-footed tub and an internet bed. (laughs) Make some money on my creative pursuits and like not even putting a number to it, you know, just like I would like to be making money. And I sat down today and started thinking about like, what would it really be in my wildest dreams Seriously, they're still modest, but now that I've thought about it for a few days, 
in my wildest dreams, I would, I'd either be a volunteer at the library or I would work as a page in the library, which is just like, I think it's at this point, it's 20 hours a week and they get paid like a minimum wage, which is going up at least. So that's good. Um, but in my wildest dreams, I would do that which is my favorite job that I've ever had in my life. Cause all they do is like, they wear headphones, they shelve books, they get to be physically active and get in a zone. It's, it's an energy in my life that I really like. Um, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, in my wildest dreams, I would do that and I would be making enough money from the podcast, YouTube, radio show, from my patron donations probably would be the main source. I would be making enough money doing that, that I could be a page and not only support myself, but have enough extra to be able to travel. And I don't have huge travel plans in my life. Like I'd like to go to Canada at some point. That would probably be the most extravagant trip or maybe Hawaii. Um, like maybe go on one like destination vacation once a year and be able to like visit my best friend Kim in Florida, which is a smaller type thing, um, or much less expensive type thing, be able to do that once a year too. You know, like that is my wildest dream to be able to take a week off somewhere really cool and once a year and go visit friends at least one other time a year, you know? That's all. <laughs> I want to have enough money to be able to do that and to pay all my bills. And yeah. <laughs> anyway, like that just, that little experiment really led me to realizing that I can't, I don't even really allow myself to think about just having it all taken care of. And I've been bitching to you guys a lot lately about Apparently this is another what's up with mixtures segment, whatever the whole thing is really. Um, I've been complaining to you guys a lot lately about how broke I am and I've started and I pull that card. So there's a certain card, like I'm obsessed with tarot. You guys know this, no matter where you're listening to me from right now, you know this, um, I keep pulling the five of pentacles, which if you don't know anything about tarot, it's basically the, the keyword on that card for me is help me. I'm poor. <laughs> um, it's really, but it's something that like, because I keep pulling that card, I keep going, Oh yeah, I'm poor. Thank you very much. Tarot cards. I knew that I'm really starting to dive a little bit deeper into it since I keep pulling that card for myself. I keep pulling it. I keep pulling it. And I've had to really like, you know what? A big aspect of this card is it's a couple, like the traditional Rider Waite Smith imagery, is a couple, they're out in the cold. You can tell they've been walking forever. One of them is on crutches because they're injured and they've got like a bandage on their foot. And, you know, it's cold, they're in rags, and there's a stained glass window in the background. So they have obviously made it to a place that is going to put them up for the night, one would assume. So they're at the end of their help me on poor journey. I mean, they're at the point where they're going to say that and someone is going to help them, you know? So it's kind of like a card that 
you know, if I believed in tarot being able to tell the future, which I really don't, like nothing can tell the future. But if I believed in that, it, it could be a card of hope. It could be a card of, and several depictions of that card. Like I had this one tarot deck where there's like a woman that is like in despair and she's like, she's like looking down at her, like at her lap. And she's just like, she looks like she's crying and she's covering her face with her arms and all around her, there are all these signs of hope. Like there's plants growing everywhere. There's a butterfly that's like just beyond her view. Cause she has her like forearm covering her face. She's just willfully in despair when if she just sat up and looked up, she would see all these hopeful things all around her. And that's kind of the theme of the card in general. Like I was looking at it from the aspect of, yes, I know I'm poor. Thank you very much. And I was completely ignoring the overall message of just look up. There's that stained glass window. There's salvation and hope right there. You're almost there. So, I mean, there's many different ways I can take that. Like, Maybe if I really, and another card I keep pulling for myself is the Ten of Wands. And that card is generally um, depicted as a person carrying all these fucking sticks. They're carrying ten sticks and they're kind of hunched over like, like, what's that thing with the guy rolling the thing, rolling the rock up the hill? Sisyphus? Is that right? That whole thing, like you roll it up and then it just rolls back down again and you have to start over. It's very that. Like he's leaning against the wind, carrying all these goddamn sticks. And it looks like he's having a really hard time. And I see that as the overstimulus card. I keep pulling that one. Especially in relation to like, how can I better, like, how can I get... I mean, I feel like I'm always screaming into the void, like I'm doing my podcast, my YouTube channel, my radio show. I'm always screaming into the void. And there are so many, like anybody that can hear my voice right now, you're my favorite because I'm not screaming into the void. Someone's hearing it, but it feels like there's a disconnect. Like I'm not really promoting myself effectively. I'm not really, I'm not really making those connections with people and I'm starting to realize, I mean, a lot of this is on me too, you know, like I'm not putting myself out there in the effective way that successful people that do the types of thing I, things that I do, do, you know, I'm not really engaging with people on social media. I have my Instagram, but I hardly ever post things on it anymore. Um, except my personal Instagram, like my mixtress Buffy. I haven't posted that I have a new episode up on there. It's like for five episodes now. I need to get better about that. Like, you know, all the things I need to get better about. But anyway, I've started to think about, as I keep pulling that 10 of wands and that five of pentacles, it's like, I keep getting this message that I need to be overstimulating myself. I need to be working so hard that I'm like exhausted, you know, I need to be putting in, especially because there's a possible full-time job on my horizon that, um, wouldn't be coming up until the beginning of next year. So like, 
I could really view this portion of my existence right now as being like, if I really, you know, nose to the grindstone, work as hard as I possibly can, basically put in, if I can basically put in 40 or 50 hours a week with all of my jobs, like including the library, including my cleaning jobs, and including all of my creative pursuits, if I can put that much effort into it, even the things that I really hate, like promotional type things, and just think outside the box and do different kinds of shit to try to get, to try to scream into the void more effectively, you know? Then maybe I could reach some of those goals. Maybe I could get enough patron donations that I could quit a cleaning job or quit all of my cleaning jobs or, you know, not have to take a full-time job. I mean, I'm gonna do it and it's not gonna be a bad situation. Um, but if I'm honest, I would much rather just be a page, you know, I don't mind grunt work, you know, I like things where I can just be lost in my own thoughts and getting shit done. Um, but anyway, I was just, I've just been trying to think of new ways to scream into the void more efficiently. Um, I just listened to, um, the, what the fuck with Mark Marin podcast episode that was episode 1000 and they basically spent it was him and his producer um talking about just the process of how they got started they've been podcasting for about 10 years and they've had radio shows and stuff before that and they just basically talked about their process and the history of their podcast and all that shit for two and a half hours i listened to the whole thing and it was really inspiring to me because I think of myself as kind of, I think of Mark Maron as sort of a kindred spirit because he is, if you've never listened to his podcast, he's, he's kind of like if Howard Stern were a lot less offensive, you know, he's very, he tells super personal shit. He gets way personal. He's like, I don't think this about myself necessarily, but because I don't ever talk to people, but he interviews people on his podcast and he is the best interviewer I've ever heard in my life. He gets people to talk about like deep seated psychological issues, um, which is endlessly interesting to me. Um, but anyway, I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just listened to that podcast today. I guess it's a feature pop culture. It, it really inspired me because like he didn't actually start connecting. He felt like he was a failure and he didn't actually start connecting to people until he was in his mid forties. So I'm not quite there yet. <laughs> I mean, some people, they don't really find what it is that's their true calling until their fifties, until their sixties, you know, like it can happen at any time. Like, um, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of new ways, which is why I'm making this Mixtress Radio episode available to my um, What's This Bitch Talking About listeners. So that way you can like reach kind of more people. Um, and also yesterday, okay, this is, this is another really stupid story. That's not really a story but I'll probably, you know, spend 10 minutes fucking explaining it. So one of the things that I decided to do to kind of get myself out there more in a different way than I normally do, <laughs> simple sass shit ever, 
So I have a YouTube channel. If you don't know, it's just under Mixtress Ray on YouTube. Just like, like all my things are under Mixtress Ray for the most part. I decided, okay, you know what? Lately, my YouTube videos, like I've been using, I've been losing a lot of subscribers. Um, and I'm not getting very many views. Um, I've been doing all tarot videos lately. Um, and I'm just not, I'm just not connecting yet to the tarot YouTube community. And I would like to, you know, a lot of these people seem really nice and they seem to like have made friends with each other just via their YouTube channels. And I want to connect. And I thought, oh my God, stupidest shit ever. I need to show my face if I'm going to connect to people. I need to show my face more. And it's a huge hurdle for me. Like I've done it. I've had a YouTube channel that I've posted videos since like 2012, 2013. And I've only, I don't know how many videos I have, probably 50-ish videos. And out of those 50-ish videos, I've only shown my face in like five or six of them. Um, once I hit a thousand subscribers, that's the first time I showed my face. And I haven't even hit 2,000 subscribers. So that was years ago that I hit 1,000 subscribers. I showed my face and that was like the debut of my face. And then I didn't do it again until I've done some corset review um, videos on my channel. And in those videos, I did show my face. But um, yeah, I just, I, I, it's always like a huge, it's, really nerve wracking to me. I don't like doing it. And there's some like technical hurdles based on that. Like I record my videos on my phone. I just use the video camera on my phone. I don't have a special video camera for YouTube videos. That's another, like, I would love to, and all I would have to do is actually save money for the thing. That's all I would have to do. But, um, I haven't concentrated on that effort, so it hasn't happened yet. But I've had in my wish list on Amazon for years now a camcorder that I would like to get. Anyway, not the point. I decided to show my face on the internet, and I never do that. So I recorded a video yesterday. I forced myself to do it. And this is another, like, example of how tarot is helping me with my psychological bullshit. It is yet another therapist in my life because I pulled a card for each day of the week earlier this week on Monday, um, which I don't always do, but I did this week. And the card that I pulled for Wednesday, which is a day that I just had completely off, no cleaning job, no work at the library, nothing. I just was off that day. And I pulled a card that was five of swords. Five of swords is like it's kind of like a self-sabotage card, kind of like self-defeat. Like it could even be you have been victorious at something at the expense of others, or it could be like a self-defeat kind of thing. And I saw that as I kept, I was starting to talk myself out of it. Like, it's fine. I don't have to show my face. I'll just do the same idea of video that I was going to do, but just not with my face in it. And I almost talked myself out of it. And I have no idea if this is going to ultimately be a good thing in any way, <laughs> but I forced myself to do it because of that card. I just kept thinking five of swords, you're self-sabotaging. You're, you're 
trying to talk yourself out of doing something like usually the hard thing is the right thing to do. I mean, almost any therapist will tell you that. And it's the only way you progress in life is by making yourself a little bit uncomfortable, really putting yourself out there. Literally, I needed to put my face out there (laughs) and I did it. I think this is the first time without makeup on my YouTube channel. Like, obviously, there are pictures of me on my Instagram without makeup. I wear makeup every day of my life. People in person see me without makeup almost every day. Like, I don't wear it that often. But, so it was kind of a thing. Um, I didn't, and it's hard for me. Like, I don't enjoy looking at my face when I'm talking, especially I don't enjoy looking at my own face when it's not in the mirror. Like when I look at myself in the mirror, which is obviously a distorted reality because you're seeing your face backwards when you look in the mirror. I like that version of my face, but when I see what it really looks like to everyone else, it looks wrong to me. And I have all these insecurities surrounding it. Um, And I was super nervous about posting that video, but I did it. I recorded it. I uploaded it. It's out there. And it shouldn't seem like a big deal. It's just my fucking face. And it's not the first time I've done it, but every time it's like, it it feels like it's the first time. Anyway, it's just like a stupid psychological hurdle that, that I jumped over yesterday for whatever reason. I realized I could, um, use the front facing camera on my phone Um, so that I could, because I needed to be able to see what the shot looked like. That's another thing that like, every time I set up shots, every time I tried to like record myself, I always have to like set up the shot and be like, and record like a little bit and be like, okay, I need to move that a little bit. You know, it's just really difficult to set up shots whenever your face is in them. (laughs) Cause when you don't have the viewfinder to look at. So I was able to do it by using the front facing camera on my phone because, you know, at this point in technology, like if you have a phone that's been released in like the last three years, it probably has a pretty decent front facing camera. So I realized I could do that. It's just stupid shit. Like, why does it take me so long to like, I just feel like a tiny baby in society, a tiny baby in the world, learning everything from scratch every day. I'm like Drew Barrymore in that movie, 50 First Dates, where she doesn't remember shit every goddamn day. She wakes up not remembering anything, you know? I feel like that every day of my life. Like, like my memory resets every morning or some shit. Like, it's just... I want to feel like I'm going somewhere, but I guess you have to take that step which is hilarious that I'm saying these words right now because I got the fool card for today. (laughs) And if you don't know anything about tarot, basically that card is a person with like a little knapsack, a tiny knapsack. Like this person is brand new. They don't know that you need more than a tiny knapsack out in the world. And they're about to step off a cliff. And the thought behind that card is that you have to step into the unknown in order to take a journey. Like you can't just sit still you have to take that step. Like it looks like he's doing something stupid and he is called the fool, but he's not actually stupid because he's about to have all these life changing experiences and reach enlightenment and blee, blee, blue. And that's my card of the day. Cause every day it's like I'm brand new. <laughs> anyway, um, let's go ahead and get back into our astrology triangle party right now. I think I'm going to go ahead and introduce 
We've heard three artists so far. I'm going to go ahead and introduce the next three artists since I've been talking for so long in this particular segment. Um, I can't do this every time. So next, representing Cancer, you're going to hear Mazzy Starr and or um, Hope Sandoval and the Warm Inventions because Hope Sandoval, the lead singer of Mazzy Starr, is a Cancer. Um, and then after that, you're going to hear Kate Bush, one of my very favorite top five artists of all time. She's so, no one is like Kate Bush and a lot of people can't handle her. I, I get, I don't get it. Like it's just transcendent. She's so, I mean, it's fine. It's fine if you don't get her, like you can't decide what you like musically. You either like it or don't, but I love her. I think she is so important. And if you've never heard her, now's the time. It's happening. <laughs> so you're going to hear three songs um, from Kate Bush. And then after that, so she's representing Leo because she is a Leo. And then next you're going to hear three songs from Fiona Apple because she's a Virgo. So she's representing Virgo. Oh my God. So I was looking up, I basically made a list today during my cleaning job of all the artists that I wanted to look up and see what their sign was in order to do this playlist. And so many musical artists that I love are Virgos. Like I had to keep going, uh, no, Fiona already has a Virgo spot. I can't, you know, Beyonce's a Virgo. Um, Shirley Manson from Garbage is a Virgo. Like there were a whole bunch of others too. Anyway, um, so that's what you're going to hear. So first... Hope Sandoval, I might even play, she has done the lead vocal on a couple of track, Massive Attack tracks as well. I might play some of those. Just She's going to be the singer in the next three songs that you hear. And then Kate Bush, and then Fiona Apple, and then I'll be back to babble at you some more. Hello, dudettes and dudes. This is Mixtress Ray, and you're listening to Mixtress Radio and or the podcast, What's This Bitch Talking About? To which the answer to that question is... I don't know. What am I going to talk about? <laughs> I don't have a lot of, um, usually I would do a feature pop culture. I don't really have a lot of feature pop culture. Um, I'm still reading that, um, book that's set in like the Buffy universe called Slayer by Kirsten White. I'm still enjoying it, but for some reason I really only read it as I'm going to bed. So I read it like a half an hour every night and that's it. So that makes for some slow going. I mean, let's be honest, sometimes it's probably like 15 minutes. Like, it doesn't take much. I just lay down in bed and I read a little bit and then I'm tired. Even if I enjoy what I'm reading, obviously I enjoy what I'm reading because I don't ever read anything I don't enjoy. So I'm reading that still. I have a couple other books checked out that I haven't started yet. Um, watching the latest season of Santa Clarita Diet on Netflix very slowly because I'm watching it with Michael and he likes, he like gets really sad when a show is going to end. Um, so we only have one episode left of the season, which probably means he's going to make us wait like two weeks. I might just have to start it and be like, deal with your sadness. This is the last one. Like not that we don't have other things to watch. Like he's got other shows that he's currently watching. Um, that yeah. Anyway, so I like that show. I hate how gory it is. I just, I have to like cover my face a lot because I can't handle the like 
somebody chewing on a leg aspects of this show about zombies. I just, speaking of shows about zombies, what is iZombie doing lately? I need to look that up. I love that show. Holy shit, season five, starting May 2nd. That's hilarious that I would be like, huh, what's going on with that show? And it's about to start back up again. So yay, I'll get to start watching that soon with my mom. Hey mom, make sure you got your TiVo set for iZombie. Although I do have the CW app, so I can probably still, we can probably still figure out how to watch it, even if you don't remember to set it on your TiVo. Um, that's another, like, <laughs> like, I was talking earlier about fool energy and just, like, how I'm basically brand new every day of my life. I don't remember shit. I don't know how to navigate basic human activities, such as, I don't know how to watch TV. Like, I have internet-connected devices hooked up to the two TVs that we have in our house, and I watch Netflix and, uh, you know, all that kind of shit. And YouTube, basically just Netflix and YouTube and Amazon Prime if I'm watching um, the RuPaul episodes that I buy every single fucking one. But I don't know how to, like, if I wanted to watch something that was on TV right now, I don't even know how I would do it. Like, I know it has something to do with an antenna, but we don't have any antennas hooked to our TV, so I'm pretty sure I couldn't actually watch a channel. I don't know. I've never even tried at our house. <laughs> To watch a channel. I mean, can we tune into channels without an antenna? I have no idea. Anyway, um, I'm just, I'm, yeah, I don't know anything about life. I don't even know how I've made it to 36. Like, honestly. So, feature pop culture. Oh, another thing I just found out today on the Sound Opinions podcast. Um, like three-ish, three or four years ago, Moby came out with an autobiography called Porcelain, and I was super into it. I talked to you guys about it for probably weeks while I was reading it, because it takes me forever to get through books, especially books that like with meaty content like that. And it was not just a memoir about him, but it was about the like the clubhouse rave scene of the late '80s, early '90s that he was a big part of. Um, he ended up being like, I mean, I have problems with the fact that a straight white dude is the one that kind of became the face of house music for a while when it was, you know, it was a situation that was mostly in black gay clubs in New York. Um, but it's a scene, a music scene that I have been fascinated with forever. I've talked to you guys on Mixed Radio for years about my obsession with with that era of time, like, you know, in 1990, <laughs> I was seven years old. So like, I missed out on that. I missed out on like rave culture and all that stuff. Um, which is something that I think I would have really enjoyed, you know, even like, I don't normally even think about it in terms of like people were taking a lot of ecstasy. Yes. And I probably would have partaken a few times if I were a teenager in the late eighties, early nineties and able to go to these types of events, you know, um, I would have to have been at specific times and places for this to have ever been a part of my life. But I love dancing. I love happiness. And it seemed like at the beginning of that movement, there was just a lot of 
a lot of dancing and happiness going on. And I realized that drugs were involved, but they aren't essential. You can dance around and be happy without drugs. I've done it lots of times. Um, but anyway, so Moby wrote this memoir, Porcelain, a few, three, four years ago, about that particular era of time and how he, you know, came to fame as a part of that. And he's just a very introspective, articulate dude. Like, he was able to tell the story in a way that made you feel like you were there. And while also being self-aware enough about, you know, him, himself, where he fit in this world, all that shit, um, in order to really tell a great all-around story. And it ended, the memoir ended around 1999, like he got up to that point in his history. And then he was right before his most famous album came out. So like, it's an interesting place to end a memoir <laughs> because essentially it was like a to be continued because he had planned on writing another one. And turns out he's a pretty decent writer. Like I've actually had that. I've actually wanted to own that book for a while, but um, I have several music memoirs that I've read that I really, really like that I would like to own, but I just don't get around to buying them because my library has them. So I can just check them out anytime I want to read them. So whatever, that's one of them. But anyway, all of that is just to lead up to say, not only is he going to be representing Sagittarius in, in our Zodiac playlist tonight. So he's coming up in the next few artists, but also He's coming out with the second part, the to be continued of that like memoir. And it's called Then It All Fell Apart or something like that. Then It Fell Apart or Then It All Fell Apart. I don't know, one of those. And so I just requested that our library get it. Hopefully we will. It's not coming out till next month. But um, I'm excited to read the continuation of that story because I really enjoyed reading that when it came out. And it just gave me a lot of respect for Moby. <laughs> and it also led me to, and I talked about this a ton back then when I was reading that memoir, when I first found out about it, he has this, um, album that you can download for free called long ambience. And it's basically just, that's what it is. They're like 20 minute tracks. There's like 10 or 12, 20 minute tracks, 20 or more that are just ambient like they're great to like study to sleep to just ambient sound and he made it the entire album available to download for free and I thought that was so cool and he just seems like uh I don't know he seems like kind of an enlightened human in some ways like I I just have respect for the guy I have disdain for the guy for being so fucking famous in a genre that you know, was not started by straight white dudes such as him, but I think he's self-aware of that fact. And he feels honored to have been a part of that scene. Like he sees himself as a part of the scene and not a pioneer of the scene, you know? Um, anyway, um, I could talk about club music for a while. Um, anyway, I wanted to, I needed to mention that he is actually a Virgo. So he's one of the artists that, like, 
um, I decided to add up his his numerology of his birthday, which is 9-11-65, and that added up to, um, to correspond with the Sagittarius card, Temperance, um, which is the 14th card in the Major Arcana of the Tarot. So he's the third artist you're about to hear. I just talked about him forever, but you're not going to hear him for a couple artists. I want to celebrate, actually, my friend Rebecca. Her birthday is... Um, yesterday, as you hear this today, as I'm speaking this, so happy birthday, Rebecca. She basically just said, pick an artist. You know, I asked her what she wanted to hear for her birthday. She said, pick an artist that reminds you of me. And I decided to pick Rosalia because it's an artist that, rem- that I think you would like, Rebecca, if you haven't heard her. I think you have. I think I shared her music with you before, but just in case you never got around to listening to it or you haven't heard it, I think you would like Rosalia. So I'm going to play you Rosalia. She represents our Libra tonight, Libra artist. And then after that, you're going to hear Chelsea Wolf, who is a Scorpio. And then again, like I mentioned, Moby. Um, So let's go ahead and get back into the playlist. Happy birthday, Rebecca. I hope it was a great day. I hope it was the best all-time birthday ever. Hello, Mixtresses and Mixtures. This is Mixtress Ray, and you've been listening to Mixtress Radio. And or the podcast, What's This Bitch Talking About? So I hope you guys have enjoyed the, you know, extra special Mixtress Radio broadcast. Um, I'm going to babble for a while, and then we're going to listen to the last three artists in our Zodiac Triangle Party tonight, and that's going to be it for tonight. So let's get into it. I didn't really, like, I just cut myself off for some reason and didn't really finish talking about my featured pop cultures. Um, The other thing, I have been watching, such a basic bitch thing to watch, but I've been watching Queer Eye, the, the newest season that just came out on Netflix. And I cry at almost every episode. If you guys have never watched, you know, the new iteration of Queer Eye on Netflix, it is... Oh, I feel like I'm advertising for Netflix tonight. What the fuck? Pay me, Netflix. I will do it. (laughs) Obviously, because I'm doing it for free right now. Um, It's so heartwarming. You know, it's basically, it's it's like a makeover show, you know, but... I mean, and the same basic things happen in each show. Like, each person that they go and, like, they're like the fairy godmothers that swoop in and, like, make your life better, essentially. And that's why it's heartwarming and why I cry every time. But not just because of that. The three basic things that happen in every episode is their, their like, living situation, their house or whatever gets, like, a little makeover of some kind. Um, they get a haircut. And they get some new clothes that flatter them better than whatever they've currently been wearing. But it's not done in that way that, like, makeover shows used to be done. You know, like something like One Not to Wear. And probably the original Queer Eye was probably, I never saw it, but I would assume it was probably more of a judgy situation than this one is. These people genuinely, like, they go into someone's life And it's completely tailored to them, to what they need, to what they want from the situation, to what they need in their lives to just be happier, more productive, fitter, happier, whatever people. I mean, 
and it's not ever, it's not formulaic. It's not the same thing, despite the fact that every time they're going to get some kind of haircut, every time they're going to get some new clothes and every time their living situation, you know, their living quarters. Why do I keep saying that weird? They're going to get like some kind of home makeover. <laughs> Let's just say that. Um, it, that's the only part that's formulaic about it really, because they really, like I watched this one last night where it was this, um, these two sisters that run a barbecue company. And it was just like this tiny little like shack that they are super successful. Everybody loves their barbecue. People stand in huge lines and wait for hours and they work so hard every single day. But like their kitchen was way too small. So they got like a makeover and they got a bunch of tables outside and just like their whole place was made over. Um, but also the women, like one of them was missing one of their front teeth. So they took her to a dentist and she got a filling. I assume she just probably needed like a root canal type situation because they were able to do it in like a day. If it had been like an implant or something, it would have taken months. But they were able to, you know, give her a new front tooth. And, and it was just, oh, I cried so much because, of course, she was incredibly grateful because she just never realized that she could do that for herself, you know. And they helped them like bottle their barbecue sauce so they could start selling it, making a little bit more money doing that because everybody loves their barbecue sauce and it's such a simple thing they just and that's you know i don't know it's it's stupid i mean like people this is a thing people watch the show you guys probably know what it is it's just that kind of thing just good nature tv makes me so happy and it it's actually making me like think about that kind of stuff for myself like it's a lot of you know, they're kind of teaching basic self-care. And it's something that all of us, I feel like all of us struggle with. Um, And when I say self-care, I just mean like, you know, like putting a little bit of effort in to the way you present yourself, putting a little bit of effort into just taking the extra steps to make things easier for yourself. Like, I don't know. I personally spend so much time just living in the moment that I can't ever, I don't ever plan for the future. I don't ever set things up for myself to make things easier later. And the show just very simply, like, I don't know, just focuses on those things for people. And it's just so sweet. And they are so nice. This is not a like, girl, you look terrible in that outfit. Let's fix you kind of thing. They're not that at all. They are just super reinforcing and encouraging from the very beginning. They feel people out like what, what people are ready to dive into. Like there was this one guy, the episode, I mean, they did the normal shit for him, you know, the home makeover, the, you know, haircut, new clothes. But for the most part, It was just almost all based on psychology. Like this guy was a super self-deprecating dude. He had had a really terrible childhood. He just like really didn't feel good about himself. So the main thing that they needed to work on with this guy was psychological shit. So they talked him through a lot of stuff. They, you know, kind of put him through these little therapist type exercises to sort of like 
changed the way that he thought about himself, you know, it, which was a completely different approach than any of the other episodes have been so far, because that's what that particular guy needed. Um, I just feel like it's such a thoughtful show and they're doing such a good job at like, I mean, it's just the basic premise is, you know, gay guys swooping into your life and fixing your shit for you. But it's, it's just a really sweet, good natured show of people helping people be their best selves. And it's just so sweet. And I cry every episode and I'm not a crier. <laughs> I'm just like, I just so heavily empathize with people in these situations, which is making me look at myself like, okay, well, what do I need to do for myself? I need to fairy godmother my own shit right now. You know, um, what is it? You know, what do I need to do? I would like to have some better hair care in my life. I, I don't really like people having to pay attention to me. I don't like situations with like people that are like doing your hair and shit where they think they need to talk to you. <laughs> like I would much rather be in a situation where they're like working closely with their coworkers and I can just like overhear them talking to their coworkers. I don't want to feel like I need to be part of the conversation. Um, or, you know, like feel that awkwardness of like, you can tell they feel awkward because you don't want to talk type situations, which makes me just like fearful of like going to get my hair cut. Like I always cut my own hair and like, it would be great if I could like dye my hair or something like kind of like experiment with fun colors and stuff, but I have super long, thick hair. So I know that I wouldn't want to do that myself. And I've always burdened my mom with that kind of shit. And I don't want to do that. I don't Anyway, you guys don't need to know my psychological bullshit surrounding my hair. I love my hair being played with. I just don't want to talk to a stranger. Like, I just don't. Um, but, you know, I need to get out there. And if I could get out there and force myself to, like, have someone else cut my hair or whatever, like... If I could find someone that I could trust, not only their aesthetic sensibility with regards to my hair, but also I could find someone that I feel comfortable around, you know, like I don't want to do the fucking small talk shit. Like not to say that I want to be completely silent. Like if we were going to talk about like, I don't know, something that's interesting, I'd be fine with it, but I'm not going to like... I don't want to do the whole, how's your family? How's your man? Like, I don't want to talk about that shit with strangers. You know, I just don't. I'm going to talk to you guys about that shit, you know? <laughs> anyway, um, I don't know. Hopefully I'm going to learn something from watching all these hours of Queer Eye. <laughs> because it's just so sweet. It's just such a sweet show. I love it so much. I really, really, really do. And it's just, it really is a bunch of really normal looking people. Like every once in a while, it'll be like a hottie that doesn't know they're hot, you know? But for the most part, it's just regular looking people. And they just sort of like give them some general tips on like shapes of clothing that look great on them and, you know, give them some tools in their arsenal to just like feel better about themselves in general, not only about the way they look, but 
also other stuff. Like each of the guys um, has like a specialty. Like one of them is like a food guy and he teaches people how to prepare certain meals and stuff. If that's something that's a priority to them, that doesn't happen every episode, but you know, sometimes that's the thing. And then there's a guy that's kind of like the psychologist that like will take people on drives and just kind of talk to them about shit and like figure out how to help them. Like there was this one episode that like he, like one of the person's goals was to like hang out with people more and kind of be more sociable and hang and just like, you know, foster friendships with other people. And he sort of like, helped him just like organize a social event and kind of practice talking to people and he just helped him like hang out with people you know it was just it's just so sweet anyway anyway it's sweet it's a very popular show lots of people have seen it probably lots of you listening have seen it it's yeah um other feature pop culture i guess i'm just talking about that a lot tonight RuPaul, the the current season has gotten to a point. It's like a probably about halfway over at this point, season eleven. Um, that I am attached to a couple of the queens um, who I want to win, but I don't think is going to win is um, Nina. I think of her full name right now, but Nina, she's the one I want to win. Um, she's just so talented and so sweet and she's, you know, a comedy queen, a campy queen this season, something that I'm enjoying about it. Um, let me know if you guys agree, if you've been watching it, it reminds me of some of the first few seasons, like the amount of, it's almost like they got a collection of queens that isn't quite as self-aware. Like, lately, like, especially, like, the last four or five seasons, like, the queens have come in being, like, super aware of everything that they're doing. You know, super aware that they're on TV. And I'm sure these queens are, too. But something about maybe something has changed in the production or maybe they just actually caught a group of people that are just, they just seem more raw and genuine. They seem more relatable, I guess. Like they're not all lately. The last few seasons, the Queens have been like super polished from the very beginning. Like they're already Instagram stars that know how to put on makeup. Like it. they're using a fucking airbrush. And I mean, it's not like any of these Queens are like ratchet, but they're a little bit rough around the edges in general. And I find that refreshing. I would much rather watch people just being people, you know, I appreciate that much more than just like a bunch of polished humans prancing around. Like, yeah, I'm not that into that mentality. Anyway, I'm enjoying it. I'm a little distracted by, I just, uh, okay, so another favorite is Evie Oddly, and she is a queen who she has, I forgot what it's called, but she has this condition where her body doesn't provo- produce very much collagen, which makes her extremely flexible, like contortionist levels of flexible, but it also means 
you know, it's a little easier for her to get injured. Um, she, and she's just like one of those like trooper kind of people. Like I'm going to do whatever I need to do. Like, and whatever her condition is, it tends to like, sometimes it can put people in wheelchairs at very young ages. So she's like, she's like early twenties right now. And she, has talked about, you know, like every year when she tries out for RuPaul's Drag Race, she's like, this could be the last year I can do this. Like, I'm not going to be able to do this forever. And it's really brought to light some things that I've not really thought about before, like how ableist is RuPaul's Drag Race? You know, like there's never been a queen that's in a wheelchair on the show. Um, when, there, it's now two se- well, I guess it was technically season nine that um, Eureka got injured in that cheerleading challenge. But they did another challenge in this season that Evie got injured. She injured her ankle. And, you know, a lot of the other, qu- some of the other queens were saying things like, like, especially Silky was saying like, like, send her home because we don't have time. She's injured. We don't have time for that. And it was just like, I just started thinking about like the things that they're asking them to do sometimes, like complicated choreography and like gymnastic type bullshit. And they have to completely go all in because this is their like, this is the only way that a drag queen can become like famous enough to make a really decent living. You have to be on RuPaul's Drag Race in order to do that in our country. Like, if you're going to be a drag queen that makes money, it, that's how the culture has evolved. You know? And so they have to go all out. They have to. And it's just seeing people get injured on this show that I love is not satisfying at all. Like, I've just been... My empathy is going out to Evie Oddly so much because she's one of those people that like she's gonna she's gonna keep on trucking and not complain because she doesn't want to be seen as, you know, being bitchy or whatever, but isn't that whole mentality very ableist? Like it just made me think about that, which great. This show made me think about something that I've not really thought a whole lot about because I'm fortunate enough that um you know, I have use, full use of all of my limbs, but I mean, how many people, how many queens in wheelchairs have tried out for RuPaul's Drag Race and been said no? Like the only time there have been wheelchairs on the runway is when they had like this mermaid runway challenge where they were all wearing tails. So they came out in like they were wheeled out in wheelchairs because they were wearing mermaid tails, you know? And I just, I don't know. And I just thought that's so sad because she was talking about how she would only be able to be on RuPaul's Drag Race for a limited amount of time because of her condition, because it kind of just gets worse the older you get. And eventually she might be in a wheelchair. And she had thought of her being in a wheelchair as not, being able to be on the show and fucking why? I mean, I realize they have like choreography challenges and shit, but shouldn't you just, I mean, there are different things that people in a wheelchair can do. It's not like they can't participate in choreography. You know, it's just, I don't know. Anyway, I've already said it, but it's just made me think about like this show that I really love. 
it's kind of ableist, isn't it? And then if you start thinking about things that are ableist, there's a lot of things that are ableist. I mean, it's just like a thing that, that when you have full use of your body, you don't think about, but it's, I mean, it's just gotta be so horrible trying to navigate the world. Sometimes it's gotta be really horrible navigating the world. If you're anything other than, you know, the ones straight white, cis, able-bodied dudes. <sighs> anyway, shout out to all my queens out there that, you know, have anything in their lives that make it difficult to navigate everyday life. Oh, wait, that's all of us, isn't it? Probably. Um, <laughs> so yeah, pop culture. I watch a lot of things. I watch a lot of YouTube and a lot of Netflix and a lot of RuPaul's Drag Race. And sometimes I read books. <laughs> um, what else can we talk about? Um, uh, <laughs> I don't know. Okay. Um, so my Michael doesn't really like it when I talk about things that are going on with him. <laughs> so this is the thing that I'm like, I was like skirting around and I'm still going to skirt around it. So basically this is an exclusive for my regular Mixtress Radio and patron listeners. Y'all know the struggles that, um, have been going on in my household for the last few months. I just wanted to let you guys know that those struggles might be over. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I guess that's all I can say without actually talking about it. And since this is going out to the wider audience of my podcast, um, if you want to be privy to that more personal information, just become a patron. You can listen to all my back episodes and hear about like all of my personal struggles. The first part of this year, the first, what are we at? We're, we're a third of the way through the year now. The first third of this year had some hairy moments, man. It did. Um, and they're mostly financial hairy moments. In fact, they were like all financial hairy moments. <laughs> Are you guys thinking of money with hair on it now? Sorry. Um, <laughs> so anyway, um, I think that portion of the struggles of 2019 has come to a close and that's really great. Um, it kind of opens up like, I think we're coming out. I think we're coming out of five of pentacles. We're starting to regroup. And something that I would like to say also, thank you to all of my patrons. Seriously, so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Because I realized today, like, obviously, like I told you guys when I did it, like a month or so ago, I was able to pay for an upgraded version of the radio show because of patrons. I used entirely patron donations to pay for a whole year of my radio show being um, available on mobile devices. And I'm able to stream at higher bit rates, which of course I actually can't do because my internet sucks. But if I could, I would. <laughs> um, and other things. It just basically makes the radio show more accessible to people. It was difficult for people to listen before that because if you had wanted to listen from your phone, you had to use the desktop version of a website and you had to like have a phone that could use flash and it was just a whole thing. And now it's much easier. Basically anybody can listen from anywhere. And that's awesome. Cause now I have more listeners on my radio station and it's thanks to you guys because it's more accessible. If you make things more accessible, more people will listen. How about that? So 
that's huge. And I thought about it today and I was like, okay, if my donations stay at the level that they are, which of course I hope that I will have more patrons soon, but if it stays at the same level that it is now, I will be able to pay for my yearly dues on my SoundCloud, which is where my podcast is hosted. So that that's a bigger bill um, than the radio show. But basically, I make enough in patron donations. Let me actually calculate that right now. I make more than enough from my patron donations. I'm actually kind of, I just didn't realize it until now. So I'm sorry about that. Or maybe I realized it at some past moment and then I woke up and my memory was reset like it does every day. <laughs> but I'm realizing it again anew today that I make enough money from my patron donations right now that I'm able to pay for the yearly dues on my um, SoundCloud and on the radio show. So that is big. I no longer have to think about that as a cost that I have to come up with because y'all are doing that for me. And that's huge. And it's actually enough that I'm getting, that I have a little bit more left over, which means I'm actually making a profit on my creative endeavors. I mean, it's not enough to like really think about it for anything, you know, it's, but it's amazing. Like it's, it's, it's awesome. It's awesome so much. Like, yeah, I love you guys. Y'all are the best. Um, yeah, I just can't even like it. It's, I'm still just overwhelmed with gratitude, even though I, I'm, you know, I'm always bitching about being broke, but I really am overwhelmed with gratitude that somebody wants to pay to listen to me talk about stupid shit. And there are enough of you that I'm able to take care of the bills that are associated with this stupid crap. In fact, if I want to be like focused about it, which, you know, I should be, this is the first year that I'm actually making money with it consistently. So I need to be smart about it. Like after I pay for that SoundCloud yearly thing, like whatever I have left over after that, after that in the radio show, will that be enough to, it's not enough to like buy a new video camera for my YouTube channel or anything like that, but it would be a good chunk of it. You know, I could pay for like, I could save up the other half and pay for half, you know, there are possibilities. I could fund my creative endeavors further because of you guys. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. Again, if you're listening from the What's This Bitch Talking About podcast and you just really want to be a part of this patron life, you want to be one of the people that I'm heartfelt thanking right now. I mean, I still love you because you listen to my bullshit, but if you want to, um, if you're able to, and you want to, um, you would be benefiting, um, you would be benefiting me in a huge way if you wanted to become one of my patrons. Um, and you would have access to these Mixtures Radio podcast episodes um, that you're enjoying right now. You would have access every week. So, and I get a lot more personal usually. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the human that I decided to spend my life with. He's like, why are you talking about me again? 
Um, anyway, um, if you'd like to become a patron, again, that link is patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash mixtress ray, M-I-X-T-R-E-S-S-R-A-E. Thank you guys so much. Let's get into the last three artists on the Zodiac Triangle Party tonight. So we're doing... Billie Eilish is representing Capricorn. I can't remember why. I don't think she's an actual Capricorn, but I had some sort of reason to put her in the Capricorn category. So whatever. I did it. (laughs) And then um, I decided that Kurt Cobain slash Nirvana is representing Aquarius. Even though technically being born on February 20th, Kurt Cobain is right on the cusp, or was right on the cusp. Um, I guess he's the only artist here that is no longer with us, unfortunately. Everyone else is still alive. Everyone else we're celebrating the Zodiac still alive. But I decided to pick Aquarius for him, not only because Pisces is going to be Gary Newman. He's an actual Pisces. Um, I mean... Kirk Cobain was an actual Pisces too, but I decided that since he's right there on the cusp, like barely a Pisces, like we're going to call him Aquarius tonight. And I think that kind of makes sense for his personality as well. So, um, Nirvana is going to represent Aquarius tonight. And then as I already spoiled Gary Newman, he was born March 8th, I believe, if I remember correctly, because I looked it up like an hour ago, but y'all know I'm brand new every five minutes. But he's representing our Pisces tonight. So we're going to go out tonight with Gary Newman. So first, Billie Eilish. Like, of course, I've played her like the last two weeks, two or three weeks in a row, and I'm still just basically listening to this album on repeat. Okay. Just, okay. (laughs) No one cares. Um, But y'all... You might care. Any of y'all that have Android phones that use the Samsung Music app, I use it because I have an SD card in my phone that has all of my music stored on it. So that's like the best way to like play music that is stored on your phone. I just updated the app today. And one of the things I really liked about the Samsung Music app, I mean, I guess you have to have a Samsung phone. And or not just Android, but anyway, whatever. One of the things I liked about the app is that it was dark and they updated it. And now it's just got a fucking white background, just like every other music app. It looks like a fucking Apple app now. That's not why I switched to Android phones. <laughs> God damn it. I mean, it's not quite as obnoxious as the Apple white. It's not like stark burn your eyeballs white. But still, I really liked that that app was dark, and there's no dark mode option, and it pisses me off. God damn it. Anyway, any of y'all feeling that pain right now? Let me know. If you would like to let me know anything, you can message me on Instagram, either Mixtress Radio or Mixtress Buffy, whichever one you feel like messaging me from. Um, or you can send me an email, mixtressray at gmail. No, I don't have mixtressray at gmail. I don't know my fucking email address. That's another thing. I have like three email addresses. Mixtressradio at gmail is where you can send me a heartfelt letter via email. I will be so overjoyed. I will probably read it on the podcast out loud to everyone. So if you'd like to 
enjoy the fame and notoriety of me reading your email on the podcast. Send me one, okay? Love you. I will be back, same bat time, same bat channel, next week. Bye! Annie, I'm a hawk!